0: Hi, you're listening to episode 11 of the Welcome Home to the Suburbs podcast, and today we're going to take a stroll through the suburbs with Lexi, mom and blogger of Strolling in the Suburbs. So here we go.
1: You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time.
0: Here's your host, Jill Kalman. I'm so excited to have Lexi Poor. Founder of Strolling in the Suburbs blog on the podcast with me today. Lexi was born in Florida and raised in Georgia, and so she considers herself a Southern girl at heart. But with the influence of her Jamaican born and New York raised mother, she feels like she's developed a crazy unique personality of her own, and she calls herself a sassy yet sophisticated Southern woman. Lexi is a mom, all while figuring out her new life in the suburbs. So today, take a stroll with us and let's chat about lifestyle in the suburbs. Hi, Lexi. It is so nice to have you here today and I'm um, so excited we were able to connect and do this. I'm really happy to have you on the pod today. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you, Jill. I appreciate you having me on and us getting to chat a little bit.
0: Absolutely. If you want, you can start and give our listeners just a brief introduction You know, as to what you do.
1: Yeah. So I run Strolling in the Suburbs blog, which is a lifestyle blog that focuses on the journey of motherhood and all things to do with that life, travel, home, food, and kind of just traveling and navigating that journey of life with my followers. I love that. I love that. And it's
0: nice too, because this podcast too, I like to encompass everything about the home and some people who follow me on Instagram know I do cooking and things like that. So it's it's great to incorporate the whole lifestyle, right?
1: Under one... Absolutely. Under one, yeah, yeah. A lot of life that takes place in our homes, right?
0: <laughs> so much. And lately, even more. More than we'd all care to admit, I bet. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> even haircuts up until recently when okay. salon started to yeah. open. But yeah, it's crazy. But I'd love also for you to tell your story. You had told me briefly, and I, I just love it, about your story of leaving the city to the suburbs, I think it's great. And I think it would really help our listeners. So I'll let you share that.
1: Yeah. So we were newlyweds, my husband and I, and I remember we were in the home buying process. And this commercial of a popular car manufacturer came on TV. And I laughed at it because it was kind of poking fun at that, you know, very stereotypical mindset that Mm -hmm. we... We all have this idea of living in the city and, you know, walking to everywhere that we want to go and pushing the stroller to the cute coffee shop on the corner, driving the fun, adorable car. And, And then it was going into how, okay, well, we all have that idea. But then when reality hits and kids come into the picture and life changes you know, we're all out in the suburbs, we're driving the minivan, like doing (laughs) things that we said we would never do. And lo and behold, my husband and I checked all of those boxes perfectly. We said, you know, we're gonna live in a cute house in the city. And here we are in a big old house in the suburbs. We said we were going to drive cool cars. And, you know, I'm driving the big SUVs that it doesn't matter what it looks like because the inside's filled with Cheerios. <laughs> and
0: exactly. Infinite amounts of Cheerios. Never yes. ending.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, I just kind of wanted to um, touch on that in my blog because I thought it was hilarious that we just filled that stereotypical idea of a family growing in 2020. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I think that happens to a lot of people. I've noticed over the years with my clients that move from the city to the suburbs, usually the driving force of why they're doing it is family. And they've had, like, they're either moving with one small child and another on the way, or, you know, they're building a family and they just need more room. They need the yard. And then, like you said, when you get to the suburbs, you do have to drive almost everywhere or a lot of places. And so you need a vehicle that can handle all those car seats and road trips and all that stuff. So, you know, it is different. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, our priorities changed a lot after having kids. Obviously, when we were searching for a home, you know, when we were first getting married and such, we really were only focused on, okay, what's convenient to get to and from work for both of us? That as well as, you know, we're somewhere that we want to dine and play and live. Whereas, you know, once the kids came along, it's like, we need X amount of square foot, like footage in our home. We mm-hmm. need this many garages, backyard space. We also need to be in a good school zone. So mm-hmm. all of these yes. doctors that didn't play into the picture kind of came into play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's so much. What do you think some of your biggest obstacles were for you and your family that maybe others could learn from? that you experienced with that? Like, what do you think were the biggest hurdles for that transition?
1: Yeah, for the home buying process, really for us, what was difficult was deciding whether or not we wanted that move-in ready home. You know, at within that price point, we were gonna look at, okay, is it move-in ready turnkey? Like we walk in and, you know, it looks just like we want it to look or would we rather spend the money and kind of do a renovation? And for us, that was like a big factor because we were moving into a very desirable area where homes, you know, don't last on the market for a long time. So we kind of had to figure out like what we wanted to do with our budget that we had and whether that was going on the low end, taking the risk of, you know, getting somewhere that was going to need a lot of work or buying something that maybe wasn't perfect, but it was move in ready. That was our biggest obstacle that we had to face.
0: Okay. Okay. And how about, did you feel obstacles in terms of, you know, what you had for furnishings in the city and then you were going to be coming into a lot more space and there's always kind of the, well, what do we take? Cause we don't, so a lot of times, you know, it's like, well, we don't really want anything that's here, but then you've got to move in. And like you said, with a family, you have to be ready in the kitchen and a place to sleep, you know? So I always say to my customers, you know, it's really important, like, even if it's that sofa, you don't want to keep bring it because you're initially going to need something to sit on, right? And you can always move exactly. it to a playroom or donate it. So I was just, did you find challenges, you know, furnishing a yeah. larger space coming from a smaller?
1: Absolutely. I mean, and especially for us, we were in a point of transition, I was pregnant with our second, you know, we didn't even know gender at the time. So there was a lot of factors that were just unsure. And we were going from a, uh, you know, a three bedroom ranch. Into a five bedroom, you know, 3,500 square foot home. So there was a lot of space that we had to make up for, like you said. And in our home prior to, we were buying pieces that kind of were multifunctional, you know, what can hide the blender, but also be used as a cutting board or island. Whereas we're like, okay, well, we need you know, a space to put this and we've got to fill this giant living room and our two little sofas, like you said, aren't going to do. But we definitely, I agree with the mentality, like bring it along because there have been pieces that you know, went from being a living room centerpiece to used in our basement to like house the TV.
0: Yeah. Did you use things like Pinterest and things like that to help you organize sort of like your ideas and thoughts for the new home too?
1: Definitely. Yep. Pinterest. And I also really liked build.com. I think a lot of people view that as like a renovation platform, but it also Mm -hmm. has some really good kind of ideas just for spaces in general, which I found easy to navigate as well.
0: Yeah, they're a great site. And sometimes too, you're not doing like an entire renovation or remodel, but sometimes it's like, well, the Pedestal sink in the powder room. We just want to replace that, you know, and it's just a matter of having a plumber in and taking one out. And so, like, that website has great options for, you know, just replacing a sink or so it doesn't even have to be. Yeah, I agree with you. That's also a really good, really good resource.
1: Yeah, and they have really great options for like paint colors, which I thought it was easy to like see what a color looked like in a room where sometimes that's difficult on Pinterest because there's a lot of filters and stuff. But
0: oh, that's good to know. I hadn't seen that there. That's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah, because so from from my experience, the initial thing everybody has to do, and it feels like so fast, is the painting and then potentially the floors, depending on the house and if it's been done or not, or has to be changed. And so I feel like they're rushed to do it because they have a closing date. Sometimes you especially with kids, you wanna try to get that stuff done, you know, before you moved in. And the painter and the floor guys, they're like, What's the color? What's the color? And so some people feel so pressured and I try to say, you got to remember like painting most of a house or a whole house and doing the floors is a lot of money. So it can be a costly mistake if you're too hasty,
1: right? Absolutely. I mean, we debated on colors for many weeks and that involved, you know, seeing colors in multiple lights, times of days, because all of those things play a huge factor in what it's going to look like, you know, once it's up on your wall.
0: Huge. And that's, yeah, that's one of the things I try to guide my customers to first. It's like a whole consulting package just to sort of help with that initial, because, you know, it's a lot of money and one mistake can be really costly if something has to be redone. So, or you're not happy with it and then you end up living with it for a while and never really liked it. And that's a real bummer too.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And that
0: happens too. So I, I try to prevent that, but let's chat a little bit about, you and I touched on this a little bit, you know, it's not just the new home, but there's a complete lifestyle difference from city to suburbs. And you touched on it a little bit, I think, with your story about, you know, your transition, but let's expand on that a little bit more and how sort of settling into the suburbs is also settling into a new life, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know, you know, as you and I talked about, there's this kind of mentality of fast paced social settings in the city, where you know everything you do is almost outside your home like you have smaller homes and spaces because you want to get out and socialize and interact which it's not to say that those things don't occur in the suburbs but they just look different a lot of the socializing we do is in our own home or in our backyard or at our friends houses it's not as often especially with kids that we load you know the entire family up and go out somewhere so there is this added importance of making sure our home is not only like a place that we want to live and thrive but a place that we want to have people come in and enjoy with us.
0: Yeah, because I mean we talked about too you find that you know you're moving to the suburbs and then it's like you might join a book club or something with the PTA or playgroups and then all of a sudden like you said instead of meeting at that cute little cafe which isn't to say you won't with with another mom but When you're having a group, all of a sudden it's like your house becomes. I found that when I, you know, the kids were young and it was like I was hosting the mom's group that week or the coffee that week or a play group that week. And the house, you know, needed to, you know, feel okay to do that for sure.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and even like you mentioned earlier, now with everything going on with COVID, we are in our homes even more. And now that people are, you know, starting to want to socialize some the outdoor space has become this whole new area of our home that we didn't even really pay attention to before. And now I'm like, Oh, no, we need to, like, let's make this an extension of our home where people feel comfortable coming out here and enjoying this space. So we can still gather at home, but have it be, you know, in the exterior setting.
0: Yeah, because I mean, like, we have this deck that we really enjoy. But I was noticing last year, Because we took off on a lot of weekends to Rhode Island, which isn't far from us. And we were gone almost every weekend. And toward the end of the summer, I noticed, I was like, you know, I don't really think we had one party in the yard or the deck this year because we were always gone. And then so now this summer, like that has become the place. And I have, quote, decked out my deck because it's like we've been eating dinner out there almost every night. We've been grilling. We've been having social distance, you know, visits with people out there. And it's just so funny. I said to my husband, "I'm like, I'm not sure we used this once last year and look at us now. I mean, I think there's an advantage to being in the suburbs during this pandemic, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, I know, you know, you were touching on this before. One of the main benefits is that generally being in the suburbs, we already are distant somewhat from our neighbors. So we do yeah. have these, you know, yards and if we wanted to like i don't have to see anybody <laughs> or see any of my neighbors unless it's out the window and they're walking by but you know we don't have to walk past someone else's door or down a hallway so there is this sense of comfort that comes with being in the suburbs that we have our own little pocket of land even if it's not massive to kind of already be distanced as well and like you were just saying, we did a full backyard playground addition and you know, renovated that space, added a fire pit because all of a sudden we found we're outside 90% more in our backyard than we've ever been before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think all of us are. And I'm even hearing from realtors like homes that they're selling people want the pool, or if it's a home somebody's been in or selling without the pool, the pool companies near us are going crazy, like doing installs, because people are like, you know what, we need that pool. Because using a public pool, even though some are opening, people, you know, feel better, obviously, having their own in their own backyard. So it's, it's really interesting how it's changed. And I, I also think on the inside, you know, we're, we have more people working from home now and multiple members of the family. And so having that addition and homeschooling and a million other things, having the additional square footage, I think makes a difference too right now.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now I'm, you know, retreating to my basement so that I can have kind of a private space of my own, which, you know, we didn't have in our last home in the city. And my husband's able to use a room in our house that we've transitioned into his office. And we definitely had several of those spaces that I feel like is a part of living in the suburbs which are mm-hmm. the multi-purpose rooms. It's the additional rooms that not don't necessarily function as like a bedroom but could be a guest room or a playroom or an office and depending mm-hmm. on what stage in life you're in you might transition those accordingly. So,
0: oh, absolutely. That's a super big factor and as the house grows with you and the kids grow and all of that, it's definitely a huge factor. I mean, another thing that I hear from my customers as a challenge is when we talk about city life versus suburban, they'll say, oh, my God, it's so weird. I have to drive everywhere, you know, and they're used to just hopping out on within their block, having so much at their fingertips, whether it's some quick groceries or a place to meet somebody or a park or whatever. And they're like, now they're loading in the car and the driving in the initial stages feels really sort of cumbersome. So having said that, what do you think about finding your sort of way and footing with feeling at home in the suburbs, you know, making new friends, finding your spots? What, what would you sort of suggest?
1: That's actually like a core reason that I wanted to start this blog because I felt as a new mom being at home with my daughter for the first time, having left my corporate position, there was this immense... Feeling of loneliness that set in. You know, I went from being in the office every day, being able to chat in the coffee room, or, you know, I had my commute in my car to listen to whatever podcast or (laughs) stories that I wanted to. And then I almost felt like I became stuck at home. And now I was all of the time. So I was like, you know what? I need to get out. There are things going on around me. Even if I am out in the suburbs, I just have to find them. And that was one thing I wanted to like share with my followers is like, you're not alone. If you do feel that you Mm -hmm. have to kind of put in a little bit of effort to find your group and find how you can thrive in that environment. And for me, that was getting involved. It was simply packing up the kids and going to a nearby park or going Mm -hmm. to a restaurant And, you know, Mm -hmm. I found myself several times sitting in a restaurant with my two kids alone, and I'd look over and there was another mom doing the exact same thing. And we'd chat and exchange numbers. And next thing I knew, I had, you know, play dates or friends that lived five minutes away. So yeah, it
0: takes it just takes a little bit more effort, but it can happen. But I, I was in the exact same position as you I had left, you know, being in an office every day. And then here I was at home. And it's funny with kids, I think, you can naturally meet people pretty easily, but it's funny, like we had one preschool we were in before we were in this house where when we had to do drop off and pick up, we had to go in. And what was great about that was while we were waiting for the kids, that's how we really connected with other moms and made some relationships and had some group play dates and things like that. When we moved to this other preschool, the drop off was this sort of drive past, like this drive through, and they would come and take the kid, take your kid from the car and it was drop off and pick up through a car line. And I remember saying to my husband, I can't meet as many people this way. We don't have that right. time to congregate. And I remember that was a challenge. So like you said, you had to you know, while you're at the taking them to the beach or maybe there's a class you're in with them like a music class or whatever. But you're right. And and I think yeah, it takes effort, but it happens. But you have to be a little patient, right?
1: Yeah. And I think there is a stigma sometimes with the suburbs that it could, like, things can be a little bit more stuffy or, you know, people are a little bit more unapproachable. But I really, Mm -hmm. what I tell myself on a daily basis, especially if I do feel like I'm I'm in an uncomfortable situation or I wish I could get to know more people, at the end of the day, we're all moms, we're all parents, we're all people just trying to, like, get through life and make it, you know, make it to the next day. So, you know, that person might not look approachable but maybe they're just having a rough day and you know it's still worth it to say hello and go up and meet someone new because you never know who could you know become your new friend or your kids new friends and like you said it just takes putting yourself out there getting out there to find kind of how you can thrive in your community and I think that's a great part of living in the suburbs is there is definitely a sense of community people take pride in their neighborhoods and that's something i love about living out here and i assume most people do as well.
0: Yeah, i mean getting involved in your community is definitely a big thing and it can be even a simple thing, a simple gesture like you said, we all have a bad day and it could even be like a mom struggling to like get a stroller through the door while a toddler's <laughs> on her arm and the toddler's screaming, right? And like and you can do something as simple and just be like, let me hold the door for you. I got it. Or, yep. and can I help you get them into the car? You know, and we all, we all sort of here to help each other out. We all are going through the same thing. So we sense it. And that's just a nice way to connect, too. You know,
1: and I think you can tell me if you agree or not, but I feel the, this- a sense of kind of a resurgence in the suburbs going on, at least in my area, where Mm -hmm. a lot of these small towns are trying to focus on these community centers and they're putting a lot of funds and energy into building up these downtown like little strips with cafes Mm -hmm. and restaurants and shops to really like bring everyone together. And so that's one thing I found beneficial is just finding two or three of those little downtown areas in cities you know, surrounding me that I can once a week go to and just pull the girls out of the car, put them in a stroller and, you know, window shop and grab a latte and do all the suburban things while strolling along with them. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: that feels a little cityish. And most of these suburbs have a main street of some sort. And yeah, it's a great thing to do where, like you said, you, you grab a coffee, you take a walk, there might be a playground or something off the main street. A lot of times there are, or a park or whatever. And you you meet other people that way too. And it's just a nice, I think it's almost a nice way to bring that city feel back to the suburbs to Absolutely. feel at home too, right? That yep. sort of vibe of doing that. Yeah, I know our main streets are pretty cool too. And now with COVID, they're trying to like block sections off where restaurants might not have had outdoor eating yep. and make outdoor eating and like blocking certain blocks off so that, it's for restu- it's like restaurant row, and you can walk it and not park there. Right. So, yeah, I think COVID's probably had an effect on that too. You know, what do you think are the most positive outcomes now that you're settled into the burbs? What do you think are the most positive things about it?
1: Honestly, I feel like for my children, it's just such a great place to raise a family. Gives them that sense of community from a young age, which I don't necessarily feel like you always get when you live in the city. So that for us has been the biggest selling point. We know that you know we have this neighborhood with children that at the end of the day, no matter who she becomes friends with outside of that, she has this group of people that live close by who will go to school with her. And she kind of gets to grow up with them and always have them as this core support group. That being close to family, Yeah, it's just a lot of things that are focused on that family life, which we really, you know, value.
0: Yeah, it seems to work. And it seems to feel like, in my opinion, like a more natural lifestyle once you have a family.
1: Absolutely.
0: Right. That's kind of how I felt about it. So I think that's great. And I want to just thank you for your time today. I think it's been awesome. And I'm going to close the show by just having you tell listeners where to find you, your Instagram, your website, wherever you'd like them to go. But I love your blog. I love your Instagram. But I'll let you tell them
1: Yeah, where to find thank you. You, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. So I'm most Absolutely. active on Instagram. Absolutely. And my handle is at strolling in the suburbs, everything spelt out. And then I also have a blog that I add to and contribute to frequently. And that's www.strollinginthesuburbs.com.
0: That's great. So again, thank you for being with us today. I think this gave a nice little overview about the transition from city to suburbs and some highlights of, you know, great little tips to adjust to it and then just really enjoy it. So thanks again, Lexi. I appreciate
1: it. Thank you, Jill. It's a pleasure. Have a great day.
0: To celebrate the launch of this show, I am going to be giving away some great prizes to four lucky winners. One winner is going to get a pair of AirPod Pros, and the other three winners are going to get a $100 gift card to either Serena and Lily, Restoration Hardware, or Amazon.com. You get to choose. So three lucky listeners who subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes will receive these. It doesn't have to be a five-star review, although i sure hope you do love this show. I want your feedback so I can create an awesome show that provides tons of value to you. So visit jillkalmaninteriors.com slash podcast launch to learn more about the contest and how to enter. I'll be announcing the winners on the show in an upcoming episode. From my home to yours, thank you so much. Thanks for
1: listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to JillCalmanInteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.